The Evermore podcast is now sponsored by WFST Total Compliance. WFST provides fire safety requirements UK-wide to prepare you and your employees should the worst happen. Do what you do best and visit wfst.co.uk today. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Evermore YouTube channel. What an intro that was, by the way, Mark. You've been a busy boy behind the scenes. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. It's Monday night, everybody. Me and Mark are back asking the same thing we ask every Monday night. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The Premier League is back and Newcastle United are back with a fucking bang as well. But just before I ask you the important question, Mark, I want to just ask you to do one thing for me. Keep a funky with your boy, will you please, mate? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not singing Usher. I'm not seeing it. Oh that, that is for don't definite. Get, don't get me started on that bollocks. Unbelievable. <laughs> I know we, we had a very different opinion about that, but good bloody crazy. I don't know if anybody saw, but Chris Brown is now the new anchor for Sky Sports. If anybody didn't see that, uh, complete with dance moves and, and backing vocals as well, which much to Roy Keane's uh, uh, chagrin, uh, which is a brilliant uh, reaction if anyone wants to go and see that. But what's going on with you, Mark? How are we getting on? Good, man. I've been, it's been a busy day. I've not been at work today, but I've been so much stuff on here. Um, just editing and stuff and, and getting, obviously getting the intro um, done. And we've got, I've got, I've got, got five shows lined up now that are preloaded to go. So I've, I've been a busy boy today. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, just before we do get anywhere in terms of talking about what we normally talk about, we have to say a massive thank you. We've had an unbelievable day for new subscribers on the channel. I think we've had over 150 subscribers. It might possibly have had something to do with my serious Fred Durst-style F rant about uh, a certain <laughs> Liverpool manager with piano key teeth. But thank you so much to everybody who has clicked. You're more than welcome to hang around here a bit longer. And if you haven't clicked yet, as we all said before, smash that subscribe button. We're now over 4,700 subscribers. 4,750 now. 4,750. Mark, Mark is changing it all, all of the time. But uh, we are live as well tonight, as we always are. Jump in the comments, guys. Uh, let us know what's going on with you. We've already seen a few comments there. Les is in the house. Good to see you. Les, good to see Roger as well. We've got Alex is in the house as well. Shez is in there. How are we doing, Shez? He's loving the intro, mate. Absolutely, Shez. Unbelievable. Thank you. Andrew DB is also in the house. Uh, we've got a one there from Frank. Just finished watching the Man U game. Yeah, yeah, they, they look rubbish, Man U. I think uh, Wolves were robbed as well, 100%. Frank, I'm sure we'll, we'll have a little chat about that. Tommy's in the comments too. Loves the new intro, Mark, as well. A lot of love for the new intro. Absolutely class. Uh, we've got one from Kev as well. And obviously, Vincent is just talking about the guy we all want to talk about in a minute, which is Sandro Tonali. So, so let's get stuck in there, Mark. The first category we'll cover, of course, is five-star performance. High fives from the Magpies. The Premier League is back, as we said there at the start. There's been some cracking performances. Obviously, we saw Manchester City easily dust uh, Burnley on Friday. What happened to uh, Erling Haaland being shit and not having his goal-scoring boots? Hmm, I really wonder what happened there, all these little <laughs> shithouses that were saying that in pre-season. It didn't look like he was uh, too worried about it on Friday night. But obviously, Newcastle, Mark, you've got to say that 
they've really set the bar, haven't they, for the opening game of the Premier League? What a performance that was by the lads. Yeah, look, it was, it was, yeah, that was, it was what a way to start <laughs> yeah. the season for them. Honestly, it was, it was an unbelievable um, scoreline. I, I think everybody had it close, whether it was a high scoring draw or, or what have you. But second half, Newcastle were absolutely sensational and, and just really, really dominated. Um, didn't. I was going to say, didn't give Villa a sniff. Villa had their chances to get a couple of goals, but I mean, there were some awful misses from, from that point of view. But Newcastle were absolutely ruthless. Um, they created so many good chances. The score could have been nine. It really could have been. Um, and they have they've really set the bar. And, and like I say, just that ruthless. Um, I almost quoted... Um, John Cena to go with ruthless aggression and stuff. There, it was they were totally <laughs> brilliant. It was it was sort of a tight first half, although the, the game sort of was backwards and forwards and sort of more end to end. But second half performance was just uh, otherworldly. I think it was just yeah, just take you a lesson in take your chances and you you win games. It's an obvious thing to say, but Newcastle did exactly that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said this, we had a couple of uh, Villa fans in the comments. To be fair, you know, I know there's this weird little rivalry in some people's eyes between Newcastle and Villa fans, but most Villa fans are bang on, to be fair. In the comments we had, they were 100% just saying they were blown away by, by an unbelievable side. Uh, they really were. And, uh, you know, to be fair, I said to them in the comments, that was Newcastle, you know, at Eddie Howe's best, just, just the relentless press not giving anybody time on the ball. I mean, I was, I wouldn't say worried, but I was very conscientious of how good Villa looked pre-season and the silence they made. And everybody was saying this would be a real tough game for us. Nobody expected us to, to go out Villa, like at least of all Unai Emre and Villa. They were totally shell-shocked. And, you know, I think everybody was bang at it. We'll talk a bit more about a certain Italian stallion, but everybody was, was bang at it. I mean, Isaac looked electric. You know, Joe Linton was back to his powerhouse best. Trippier, just class act, that back four, just brilliant. Everybody was bang at their game. And, and honestly, Mark, when Newcastle United are like that, I honestly think most teams in the world would struggle to do us at St. James's Park because when we're on that on that particular form, I think we could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. And I don't think that game was a reflection of how bad Villa's season is going to be because I still think Villa will have a good season. But to me, I just think Newcastle were that electric and that good. The, the, even some of these pundits who kind of wrote us off a bit have just stood back and went, wow, hang on a minute. Maybe yeah. we're a bit premature about that. Just before I get your uh, your rebuttal to that one, Mark, we've got a, a bit of a donation there. Just about to say. Well, yeah, don't worry, mate. I saw it. I saw it. I know I go on a ramble, but uh, massive <laughs> thanks for that too, Roblox. Really Thank you, man. Yeah, lovely donation. Yeah, top of the league, mate. Five goals. Magham's lost. Everton lost to the Nick Better weekends. We're so good. Doesn't matter who starts. Anybody wants to play as well said mate well said yeah Mark you know can you add anything more to that mate I, I think that's probably a good summary as to how good we were at the weekend really just that no, Villa couldn't lay a glove on us I mean Diaby looked good I will say that um, and there was a couple of times he exposed little pockets that maybe we need to keep an eye on but generally I just think we were so good that Villa had nothing for us mate yeah look, there was I mean a couple of opportunities obviously if Watkins scores if Mings doesn't get injured Maybe that game turns out differently, but that second half performance, like I say, was just so good. I, I don't think that was was going to end up in anything other than a Newcastle win. Um, 
Emery got his tactics wrong, I think. Or, I mean, it was watching some of the players almost give up as well with sort of 20 minutes to go. Um, I guess for, for them, it's massively disappointing. Um, but Newcastle were bang on it. You're right, that midfield trio. I, I genuinely didn't think Tonali would start. I, I didn't no. think he would throw him in. My, my only, I think I said last week was, I think he, he does if Sean's not fit. If if Sean was fit, I think Sean probably starts that. Yeah. And um, what does that do? But it's, I mean, just they were the, the three of them in midfield were just brilliant. Um, I thought Joe Linton really put himself about. He worked. He moved the ball well as well, which is a little unlike Joe Linton at times. But he 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 found those little pockets, playing those little through balls. The through ball to to Gordon early doors for the goal. For the, yeah, for the goal finesse wasn't it? Not was kind so, of thing you so expect good. for Joe. You expect more power. But it, it was a really finesse touch. I'm just laughing at that comment there from the Dirty Dozen. That I call this midfield the muscle package. It sounds like some kind of star of the show at Chippendales, that Dirty Dozen. I think we're <laughs> going to have some of them dodgy comments flying in a minute, mate. But, oh, no. Uh, I, I, I do love where you're going there. BT's in the house as well. Good to see you, BT. Uh, one, one there. Good to see right. Andy and Ian Brownlee as well. I said, mean, you racing the button, is it? Me. Good evening to you, BT. Yeah, but you're right, Mark. I just think that um, we saw different parts, I think, of, of, of how... You know, um, flexible and, and, and diverse that midfield can be. They, they never seem to stop moving. The three of them were just rotating all of the time, and and I think when we signed Tonali, we were thinking, is Tonali going to be the six or is Bruno going to be the six? And I think the truth of the matter is, you're not going to pin any three of them down to a position. I think they're all going to be able to rotate in the six, in the eight. You know, almost even a ten. Some of them, do you know what I mean? In terms of where they're playing, and I think that's the beauty of having three brilliant footballers. I mean, I know it's only one game. We don't want to go too big on Tonali, but, but we'll come on to him in a it's minute. It's already got you winning the league. <laughs> yeah, well, he's obviously getting PFA play with it. Yeah, clearly, mate. But but we'll come on to Tonali more kind of individually in a minute. But, but I mean, the exciting part about that midfield, we talked about it in the preview as well in the lead-up to the game, is we didn't think Tonali would even start. He has started. He showed us what he's capable of. We've still got Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, who were two massive players for us last season, to come back into the fold, as well as the emergence of Anderson and Louis Miley in pre-season. I mean, that midfield area is so stacked for Newcastle. I know we do all of our rumour hazard videos now, and pretty much every time a rumour comes out, you and I check it. Not ITK, just rumours, as we always say. But when it comes to midfield and now, I mean, you just talk to each other don't we, and go, nah, because why would we need any more midfielders when you've got a midfield stacked out like that? Yeah, I think it, it anybody like that, it only depends on what happens to the likes of Anderson, whether they do get allowed to go out on loan and, and get mm. some first-team football. And that's the only way I can see that happening because other than that, you're sitting there with 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 Miley, with Anderson, with the three that started, Willock to come back, Sean Longstaff, there's seven, eight midfielders now for three positions. So you, that, that, I think that one's been and gone. So you'll you probably see Conor Gallagher linked again. Um with with obviously Caicedo coming to, to Chelsea. I'm sorry, yeah. we forget to anything else. 115 million for a defence midfielder. Not worth oh, it. Thank you. Who's had one good season? Ridiculous. One good season. Not worth it at all. He's, Especially when Sandro Tonali's 52 million. Jog on. No chance. Um, anything like that. I, I don't think Declan Rice is worth 100 million. I don't think I don't think any defensive midfielder worth it is worth that amount of money. No. Um, but let Chelsea get on with it. They can pay 150 million if they want. That's a different story. Maybe maybe Xavi in his prime. But I've just I've just seen a comment from Kev there, mate. It just leads up to something that you want to talk about in the game. Obviously, the game was brilliant from a Newcastle perspective. 
5-1. Could have been nine, as Mark says there. Brilliant, uh, you know, free-flowing football. There was a bit of the game that flattened... Uh, don't forget Hendrik. Sorry. Sorry. How, how could I forget <laughs> Jeff Hendrik, of all things, you know? He, the, the, one, the one scouted by AC Milan, Jeff Hendrik, I bet he wish he got that point. Yeah. <laughs> <I bet he. laughs> <laughs> the, it's the he's going most to, bizarre thing in the world, it? isn't it? The, the only time Jeff Henry scored at Milan is if he's going for a spaghetti eating contest or something like that these days. But but I think the, the bit of the game that was was probably the, the the sad part of the game or the dark part of the game was 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 the injury to to Tyrone Mings, as as Kev saying there in the comments. You know that hopes he gets fit soon. Clasped by the Toon fans, get a round of applause. It really was. But you know. Tyrone Mings went down for a long time. It was a, it was a challenge with Isaac. It was nothing malicious. Isaac just kind of no. you know leaned into him. It was one of them things. Where his legs were a bit tangled. You know he's obviously you know had some serious injury to his knee ligament. And Tyrone's been tweeting and obviously giving us thanks. But but you wanted to single out one of the Newcastle players, Mark, just for how good he was in that moment. Yeah, I mean it was it was such a strange injury because it was so innocuous, um, and it and it did and. and I mean, I knew Newcastle fans booed at first, but I think there was a combination of booing, possibly because he was down and it was a thought of, oh, is he trying to try and pull this one back? But then, but then I, yeah. I also think Emmy Martinez was trying to signal to the linesman that he thought Isaac had elbowed him, and he hadn't. There's it was shoulder to shoulder. Absolutely. I mean, that was... But, yeah, I mean, it, the the more it went on, the more he just went, this is, this is, yeah. this is a bad one. Because he was... He was thumping the ground in absolute agony. He was um, looked in absolute agony. He was crying his eyes out. Bless him, the poor bloke. But the, the, the amount of time it took, the, the medical staff got on really, really quickly, but the amount of time it took for the the um, the stretcher to get across the field was it was ridiculous. And Trippier, I mean, was doing his nut um, and, and to single him out for, for, for him, I mean, when you're looking at a fellow professional who's struggling with a with a serious injury, he was he was doing one to, to get the to get them across and, and to uh, you know to treat him and, and you got to get him seen. So so big big props to to Trippier for that because and that just shows the mentality of the guy that it shows the leadership qualities and the the very very special special guy that he is um, yeah. because I, I didn't see any didn't see any Villa players doing that. And do you know what I mean? When you, you look at it and you go, it's taking Kieran Trippier, who's playing for the opposition, to do something like that. And that's think, it's a special, special yeah, I, kind of person there. I, th I think in the, def in the defense of, of the Villa players, um, it was a mixed bag of, of kind of what you would call also players. They're not leaders. You know, Trippier's a leader. Trippier, Trippier, to me, I think will make a brilliant manager. You just see some players that go, he'll be a good coach, he'll be a good manager. And I think Trippier will definitely be that guy. I really believe that. Because um, he has that mentality about him, that elite mentality about him, in terms of when everything's everyone's losing their head, he's calm in the moment. Uh, even you know, with with you know, uh, um, uh, Martinez's ridiculous challenge on on Miggy that we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, even when we're the, we're going off a half time and he was talking to the referees, I can't remember who was it came over. Somebody came over, it possibly might have been Joe Linton or Bruno or somebody like that, and. He basically, um, no, it was Botman, sorry, it was Botman came over and he was giving the ref some serious shit because he got a yellow card, I think, after the incident for mouth and off. And Botman was coming over to give it to the ref and, and Trippier basically said to Botman, fuck, you fuck off, and yep. shoved him away. And that's, that's the leadership side of Trippier, the, the captain side of him going, no, no, you get out of here. You know, you're going to get yourself in trouble. And, and I think, you know, like you say, just a fellow professional was down in England, colleague was down, and he did the right thing then, fair play to him and, yeah, 
exactly, exactly there. Kev, he was looking after his England teammate. But I think it would have been anybody. I think if we've been playing Accrington, Stanley, yeah, who are they? As you all say, uh, I think Trippy would have done the same thing. Uh, to be the fair, funny, he's, he's just a class act. Isn't he? The, f- the funny thing is, if you flip the script and it was the other way around, it's probably given given his 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 attitude towards people and towards it, it probably would be Tyro Mings doing it the other way Mings around. Would have done the same it's thing. Just, yeah, the I think irony so. that it's him so. that's in trouble. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, wish him well because. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's a horrendous injury. It's so unlucky for the lad. First, you know, game of the season. You yeah. know, yeah, what a shame. What a shame. Just hopefully he comes back fitter and strong because he does seem like a really sound kid and a good character. I was just saying, ironically, if you remember the stupid fight between Bowyer and Dyer, Gareth Barry was was there <laughs> pulling them yeah. apart, when he? Probably more than any Newcastle players. So, you know, there, there has been moments like that in this fixture over the years. But, uh, but yeah, going back to the game, um, you know, the, the bit about Martinez, we, we differed on our opinion on this. Uh, I think you had a slide just to pull up about this, mate, just just to, you know, get we'll get some of the guys' opinions on this. Now, now when this happened in real time, I was screaming at the TV saying, he's got to go off, you've got to send him off. Um, now, Martinez has previous for this. If you remember, I think he did this at Villa Park last season. He wiped out Callum Wilson in a similar way, I think, and he got away with, with, with that one as well. Uh, which which is, is is this this one here? So this is where it kind of started from. Where uh, I suppose you've highlighted the players that, that that are covering their mark, and I'll get your take on this in a minute. But Craig, Craig Cope had said this, and I, I agree with what Craig Cope is, was was saying. That me personally, I think the ref bottled this. I think you set a, a really dangerous precedent that keepers just come out and rugby tackle guys to the ground miles out of the box. I know that Miggy's might not Miggy might not score from there. So by the letter of the law. You know, maybe it shouldn't be a red card, but as, as Craig Hope said, if a defender does that and the keeper's on the line, the defender probably gets the red card. So what what's the difference between what what Martinez is doing and what a defender would do? The difference is where the ball's going. That top mm-hmm. red line is the, is the direction of the ball, and it's going towards the corner flag. By the time we, and I, and I got your point before we were talking about it before we came on. He's so far wide that by the time he gets to the ball to come back in, the other two defenders are across. So yeah, I, I can see exactly why it's not given and exactly why I, I sort of get Hope's argument. But if he's in the middle where I think this is Esri Conser in the middle and he gets yeah. taken out, it's a red card all day long. Not a question. Exactly the comment there about Pope versus Liverpool. Granted, he handled the ball. He did handle um, the ball, <laughs> which is a big no-no. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> but I think there is there is a difference there. He's he's very lucky, and as you as you sort of mentioned, I think in and you've you've mentioned on on sort of social media as well. He then took about three weeks to take the the goal kick afterwards, didn't he? So yeah, straight after getting yellow card, I just sent them off after that. Yeah, I Ru- think Bruno got a yellow for asking for a yellow. yeah. So Martin should have got a second yellow for taking nine, ten and seconds I, to take a goal kick. Don't you right? I love the fact that they're booking players for asking for yellows. I, I and as that, long as they it. are consistent now and they keep doing it, and I love the fact that players are getting booked for, for going to the referee out of out of turn. I absolutely love that if they're consistent with it. Um we'll come into the manager thing later on because I know we're going to talk about that in, in sort of out of tune. Um but yeah, Martinez could easily have been sent off, and we've seen time wasting. There was uh, was it Semedo tonight? Was was um, no? Eight uh, Nuri got booked. Um, I think it was the second time taking a, taking a, a throw, and he took far too long over. So we, I guess, the referee 
probably bottled it, giving him the benefit of doubt. It's the first one he, he'd taken any time over, but he took so long, he could have easily given him a second yellow straight away. The ref was poor. I thought there was some bad tackles. Shocking. Camera put a real few bad ones on Gordon and got away with it. I think Cash took ages to get Cash to get yellow card. I think some of the challenges he was putting in, you know, I think he really let go of the game. The referee he struggled to get it back. I thought he was really poor. Yeah, when you've got the entire ground, both home and away fans singing that you're not fit to referee, you know yeah, you're doing yeah. a bad job. And, and it wasn't it wasn't particularly one direction. It was both sides. There were fouls going both ways that mm. weren't given and there were free kicks given for, for things that weren't fouls. So he, he had an absolute shocker. Um, he, he was so, so poor. I mean, it, it makes no odds to the game either way, but you, you just don't want to see that. You, you just don't want anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, sensible saying there that Martin has stuck a finger up in Miggy's face after the foul. He is a bit crazy, though, isn't he, old Martin? As you can, I think you can, if you he remember has that, that Argentinian. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Somebody's put something in the comments earlier on about him being an Argentinian fan. I'll not go that far, but he's got that kind of mentality, hasn't he? He's a little, I mean, he's a goalkeeper anyway, so he's a little bit off his nut. I mean, we're all yeah. slightly touched there. But yeah, just. Um, yeah, he's, he's as good he's a, a goalkeeper as he is. He's, <laughs> he's a bit he can tough. be a little bit of a liability for things like that, and he's definitely got yeah, a little one. D- definitely. I mean, before we talk about you know old uh, old Sandy Baby, as a lot of people are waiting for us to talk about, got a spe- special mention to Alexander Rizak, who I described in, in the post match as the ghost that appears out of nowhere and haunts centre back dreams, which I think is probably the the best way to describe Alexander Rizak because. He was fucking phenomenal at the weekend. He really was. And for that third goal, Con- I've got no idea what Konza is trying to do. He's trying to stud roll the ball in his box with quite possibly, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be hyperbolic, right? Quite possibly, outside of Erling Haaland, the most dangerous centre-forward in this league, on your shoulder, and you're pissing around in the box. If I'm a Villa fan, or I'm Embry, I'm going fucking mad at Konza in that dressing room when he comes up the pitch because that kid is so dangerous. His movement is so good. And it's mark the finish, the finish as well, man. I mean, that's a World Cup winning goalkeeper he took the piss out of there. I mean, what's sublime? What what, what on earth was Ezri Konza doing? Honestly, it, it's oh. you've, you've one job at that point is to run it away from goal. <laughs> he has I mean, he he he's gonna be seeing Isaac as much as um was it Michael Keane? It's James Tarkovsky, yeah, yeah. James I think I, I, think I said that in defense, the post-match. Yeah. Still still having nightmares and <laughs> The PFA might need to set up a helpline of defenders who have been tortured by Alexander <laughs> Isaac. Maybe call one eight hundred Isaac. Yeah, <laughs> the Southampton is it the Southampton left back from last season? We, we can throw in Fiorentina's um, right full back in, in preseason, who he absolutely tortured for about fifteen minutes um, when he moved out onto the left, and, and now Esri Conter and the rest of that Villa defence just oh, they'll be waking up in cold sweats, yeah. going. Thank God we haven't got to play him again for a while. Jesus, he's just, he's so good. Just before we move on to, to, to the Italian styling, right? Alexander Isaac, providing he stays fit, does he run Haaland close to the golden boot? Ooh. There's a question. Give us in the comment, guys, what do you think? Because I, you know I think he's 20 plus goals this season if he stays fit. Th- in the Premier League, he- 20 plus goals. I think if he stays fit for the whole season, he's 25 goals easy. 
But no, I think, I think so. Holland. I think Holland scores forty again. So I don't. Mm. I don't think he'll he'll run him close. But he he'll he'll be second in that list. He'll be up there. I think he has to be, Mark. I just, he's such a good player, and he's only going to get better. Um, he's so young as well. You just think he's yeah. so good now. Like, <laughs> so just look at that cover there from uh, from uh, Arades. I hope he does. You win three hundred, Nick. If he does, go on, mate. I love the fact you better that. Unbelievable, mate. But well, so bring in De Bruyne, and uh, then he will be. We don't need De Bruyne, Alex. We've got we've got Louis Miley off the bench, mate. Look at the way he passes. Up. We don't need De Bruyne, mate. Honestly, to be honest, De Bruyne Miley be twice a player. Oh, De, De Bruyne, I don't, that just on 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 his subject. I know we get, get off totally off topic. What was City doing playing him? I just yeah. That's I know yeah. it's a totally separate thing, but that, that just felt ridiculous to me. But yeah, yeah I think it's... easily Isaac gets twenty five goals. If if you continue to make the number of chances that you make, and if you look at the stats for the weekend, seventeen shots, nine of those were big chances, which means there was an expectation of a goal. Nine. Nine. That's crazy. Don't see Absolutely. that. If you can continue to do that, Isaac will score twenty easily. Un- 25 easily, sorry. 25 is, is dirty, doesn't say. How scary is that as a prospect, Kelsey? If Scandinavia was a country, they'd have ha- Harland and Isaac up front. <laughs> That's fucking scary, isn't it? Maybe they should have like a, like a friendly, a rest of the world friendly, just have throw, Scandinavia. Throw a front three. Those two plus Zlatan. And Odegaard. And Odegaard. And Odegaard. Jesus, mate, there's some good players coming out of there, isn't there? Speaking of good players, segue, segue. Let's jump straight into arguably the star of the show at the weekend. None of us expected him to play. Uh, he did play, uh, Sandro Tonali. It didn't take him very long at all to settle into the yeah, the Premier League when he did this on six minutes after a beautiful cross by Anthony Gordon, who was fantastic, by the way. It's got to be said, Gordon looked sharp as a Mac 3 on Christmas Day, as I said. But that finish by Tonali, Mark, it was a bit of his game that we weren't really expecting that 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 run into the box, that that perfectly timed run, and then the finish. You were thinking, "Hang on a minute, this guy is 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 almost doing exactly what Bruno Guimaraes did when we thought, oh, we're signing this great defensive midfielder who can break up the play and and spray it.'" And then all of a sudden, we're like, "Hang on a minute, he can score goals." And Sandro Tonali is doing exactly the same thing. What a start to his Newcastle career, Mark. He was everywhere at the weekend. Yeah. Just brilliant. Um, he he didn't put a foot wrong the entire game or the entire time he was on the field. He did not put a foot wrong. I think there was a, a worry from some. Um, I think probably me included that he might take a little bit of time to adapt to the pace of the Premier League. I definitely thought after uh, that after the the summer series game against Villa, funnily enough, where he just yeah. looked like he, he wasn't up to speed. I think he's just honestly. I, I now look at it and go, conjure. He's just, yeah, exactly. He's just lulling people. He was taking the security. He was brilliant. Um, he barely gave the ball away. I think looking at looking at his stats, I think he was eighty nine percent pass passing completion. Um, he, headers as well. He, How many he headers did he get? Good in the air. I mean, they've got it down as one one aerial duel one out of one. Didn't seem that way. I think he won a lot more. I think he did more. I don't know whether it was aerial challenges, he just puts people off, but it was it he definitely looked like he got a lot more than that. That doesn't look right to me. Um, but he was just involved, he was he he sort of helped break up play. Um, he found those little bits of space where other players weren't. He he would just find a pocket where 
sort of Villa midfield has, has maybe started to overload. And you just sit and go, do you know what? No, I'm going to just sit. I'll wait. And then the ball comes to him and all of a sudden things open up again. And his passing, he hit a pass in the first half from nigh on the right touchline over to the left-hand side that I think was for Joe Linton. I can't remember who the, the player was now. And I sat there and just went, holy crap. Yeah, wow. To have hit remember. it. It was it was just it was a, it was one of those passes you just look at and go, yeah, that's that's special. There's there's not many players can do something like that, and that was he was just yeah. I mean, I, I can't run out of I'm gonna run out of words to kind of say about him. He was just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, he was. He was sensational. I mean, like you say, it's it's to see a player come in and just look like he's been in this league for ages. I mean, he, Bruno took longer to settle than that. Um, and you look at it and you think, wow. I mean, obviously, the, I've never seen a game, I think I said in the post-match, where so many debutants just look like, yeah, he never smiles. Um, you don't need to smile when you're that good. Um, I've never seen a game where so many debutants have been on a score sheet in one game. It's probably going to be a pub quiz question <laughs> in a few years to come. But but with, with somebody like Harvey Barnes, who was great as well, by the way, when he come on, great assist for Wilson, great finish, and just shows you what he's all about as well. That's a real headache for Eddie Howe, who's going to start on that left-hand side. Um, against Manchester City, but, but with Harvey Barnes, you almost expect it because he's Premier League proven. He's been here for the last five or six seasons or whatever. You don't expect him to take time to get up to speed with with football. Yes, you expect him to kind of understand how his teammates play, but the Premier League, you'd say Harvey Barnes is a bit of a Premier League veteran, so to speak. He knows what he's doing. With Tenali, it's a new league, all the stuff, the Italian league's a slower pace. You know, he's not going to have much time in the ball. We're all going to worry about him. And he was the one who took it to a real combative midfield like with John McGinnon, who is always a new face and always keeps running and everything else. I mean, Villa were missing some big players. They were missing Ramsey, who's a huge player for them. They were missing Buendia as well. So they were missing some creative elements. But I think even if them two had been there, Mark, I think we would have run over them in midfield still because they couldn't have handled the, the aggression and the energy that was coming from Tonali and Bruno and Joe Linton. They're just the three of them together... Wow. I mean, you know, this is no knock to Longstaff or Willick, but honestly, if them three keep playing like that, we've got Manchester City and Liverpool in the next two games. And if these three dominate those two games like that, which I think City would be a challenge, but if they dominate those two games like that, I can't see Willick or Longstaff getting back to side. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really can't. It's harsh, and considering how good they were last season, but you I mean they're gonna they're gonna be rotated. You're gonna have cup games, you're gonna have the European games, of course, and things yeah. like that. So this they, they, they will get their chances to play. But look, that as a midfield trio, and especially when you you you've got City coming up who I think they can they can battle against, and especially if De Bruyne is not fit. I think that that'd be huge for them. Yeah, that's a I know they've big got part of their game coming from from all over to you know that they'll. It doesn't matter who they play; they they're going to play well. But I think that midfield trio will will run them. Um, they're certainly much more combative, I think, than that midfield for for City. The Liverpool midfield to go into the following week. Sobasai, I thought looked good. That there were flashes that he looked very good. And it is yeah, some reason little bits of play, wasn't it? You thought, oh, hang on a minute, yeah, there's there's the player. Again, there was a maybe it's an element that he's he's not been there long enough, and I think that's one of the differences. You you mentioned Bruno being drip fed in. Tonali's had a full preseason. He's played. He, he's been in training right from the beginning, whereas Bruno didn't have that luxury. 
So I think he's Eddie's got him up to speed in that. I think you look at Sobosley, I think there's an element that he's not quite there because he hasn't quite had as long. Um, but New, Newcastle should overrun that midfield easily. I mean, they're, they're going to run out because Klopp can't buy a midfielder at the moment because they keep going to Chelsea. <laughs> Oh, I love it's that. Hilarious. I do. I, I love that so much. Yeah, I had to do a couple of mischievous tweets from the Evermore uh, X account or post, whatever you want to call it. We're just down there if you want to give us a follow. Uh, but yeah, I love the fact that Klopp's getting binned off by all these defensive midfielders, and it doesn't matter how much money that he wants to spend on that on that little ceiling that he's got, which gets bigger and bigger every single week. <laughs> um, nobody wants to come, and, and we went and signed a kid half the price of these players you're trying to sign, and he looks twice the player. And I'm so excited to see what, what he can do, Mark, uh, in, in the Premier League go. I mean, the next two fixtures back-to-back, you know, as much as Liverpool are, I suppose, an, an evolving team now because they've, they've got rid of a lot of players and they've got to bet in. And they're very good players like some McAllister and Sobosline and guys like that. And I think they will be very good players for Liverpool, but they're trying to find their way into that Liverpool team and system and set up and everything else. For me, if we can get a result against City. And if we can beat Liverpool at home, my God, I hope we do, because I'd love to smash that turkey teeth bastard right back down the uh, the road to Liverpool. Um, if we can get a result against them two teams and play with that panache that we're playing with at the weekend, people are going to be really scared of what Newcastle United are capable of this season, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just on, on a separate, you, you don't like Jürgen, do you? No, well, I used to until, he, uh, until he got his eyes fixed. I think when he got rid of his glasses, he'd become a, just a monumental bell end, didn't he, really? And we've said that on numerous occasions, but I don't like the disrespect he shows teams. I think I said that in the in the rant. Yeah. I've watched it, guys. Go watch it, just not around your children, because I think I've given Roy Chubby Brown a run for his money in the uh, in the F-bomb category. Um, but I just don't like the disrespect and the patronising tone that 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 he that he portrays not just towards Newcastle, there's been loads of other teams he's done this to. And I just I think he's out of order. I really do. I mean you had a great idea for what to do with Mad Dog, mate. Share your idea because I really hope Eddie does this because it would be the <laughs> it would be the best thing ever if he does do this. Yeah, I, I just said yesterday, didn't I? I just said, do you know if I was Eddie Howe, I would stand Mad Dog in the technical area staring at Jurgen Klopp for the first 45 minutes and just leave him there. Just let the game run on. And just let him stare at Klopp for that entire time, just wind him up. I, I just, just I smiling would, with yeah. that mad dog smile of his, that glint Absolutely smile. right. <laughs> and he'll say, Jürgen, I didn't have to go turkey for my teeth, mate. They're just natural. And they'll just fucking piss them off even more. So, yeah, absolutely. But that would be great to see. But they will have a plan because I'm pretty sure Tyndall doesn't seem to be the kind of uh, of guy to take that lightly. He will certainly have some kind of a plan, I think, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, which which would be uh, absolutely spot on. And, uh, yeah, the dirty doesn't say he loved the F-bomb ticker. <laughs> I think Mark did think about bleeping some of them to start with, then he just gave up, to be fair. And he just said, oh, well, you know. Okay. I think <laughs> is what you said. I think at one point I edited it twice in the first point I bleeped the first three because I, I lost count to be honest with you at first yeah. and then by the third one fourth one I put a little emoji or a little picture underneath of a computer blowing up I just couldn't keep up with it and I thought oh, do you know what sorry I'm just going to put a, a, an F-bomb count in just because one <laughs> it's funny and two actually it keeps me right because I, I need to count them up it was it was 18 in the end Roger Hey, yeah, I was just going to see just coming. Yeah, yeah. I think it was eight, I think it was eighteen in the end, mate. To be honest with you, but uh, see, Ian's getting in the action as well. There you go. He's, he's, chuck, he's chucking left, Bob. It's contagious. It's contagious. He is disrespectful, actually. The comment there from Graham, good man, Graham. I met Graham. How you doing, mate? Good for tuning in. Uh, next two games, better two draws or win. 
one loss. Well, my prediction, Klopp not here this time next year. Do you know what? That's a good shout, Graham, because we were saying that. He's trying to deflect the fact that he's under pressure, uh, putting himself under so much pressure, as you say, and I believe he doesn't know what to do about us. I think we're a real problem for him, and, and Eddie Howe's a real problem for him, because suddenly the spotlight's on this, this bright, articulate manager that plays this pressing game that he used to play when he came over here. And I think I think there's an element of the green-eyed monster with, with, with Klopp, because he's thinking about the project and what Eddie Howe, maybe the resources that are available to him. But, but then Liverpool are spending even more money um, than, than we are, but then you know they're not spending in the right way. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, I just think that, and what I love about Eddie Howe, and he's got a touch of the Bobby Robsons about him in this, he's just so classy and articulate, Mark, isn't he? Every time he responds to some of these stupid golden comments, you know, he just he just does it with such class, you know. That and, and you know, I think it's the kind of class that Jurgen Klopp can't afford to buy when he's got 115 million quid to spend the midfielder on that mate. <laughs> no, you bang on it. Look, you bang on about Eddie Howe because it's it's is it even like from from you know if you if you go from opposition fans' perspectives, it's it's hard to dislike him because he is so well spoken. He is, I mean, he's he's posh or anything, but he just he comes across really well. He explains really well. He gives everybody the time of day. Um, he's not aggressive. He's not surly. He doesn't look down on anybody. He's not, you know, he doesn't throw people out for asking questions of him. Um, Steve, you could take note from that one. Um, He's just a genuinely decent bloke. And to top it off, he's just a brilliant football manager as well. So, you know, he he just, you're right in that, in that like, like um, to, to Bobby, because I think there's a, there's a lot of him in there. Um, in terms of just how well he treats people, yeah, he may never get to that level. I mean, you hope he does because he'd be sensational, and he's got tons of years ahead of him. But it's just the way that he he he, he reacts to people, and the way he, he treats people is just it is so reminiscent of, of Bobby because Bobby would do that for everybody, um, yeah. and it's just the right way to do it, isn't it? it? I mean, you can be a man manager, and you can be aggressive and and shouty and, and and really bullish and things and, and but there's a time and place for it when you're dealing with your fans when you're dealing with the journalists things like that that's not the time for it when there's a, a focus for you to be that role model cops lost that he used to have it he used to be brilliant but he's lost it and i think you're right the pressure pressure is huge on him yeah, as I said in the video, you should be more worried about Mo Salah's reaction when he took him off than, than anything else. But the comment there from, from T-Dog, thank you very much, T-Dog. Lovely for you to say, mate. Yeah, we're really buzzing. Uh, the, the channel's growing so much at the minute. And uh, massive thanks to everybody who's clicking that button. But a huge thanks to all you guys who've been around for a long time and supporting us, uh, you know, right from the start. We're not even two years old yet, so we're very, we're babies in the YouTube world. We're not two, we're not two until December, Marco. So we're still, uh, we're still uh, little babbies, but uh, we're having a, a real good time of this. And uh, thanks to you guys for your love and support all the way through. It's, it's really helped this be really enjoyable for us as well. So absolutely right. And as T Dog says, please drop a like on the on the video as well. I know there's over a hundred hundred in. I think we've got about 40 likes in the moment. So everybody drop a like on please. It helps get it around YouTube. Um helps bring more people to the chat and, and and grows the community as well. And you guys have been absolutely phenomenal. So you know we can't thank you enough for for being on part of this this journey with us. 
Yeah, that deserves a Callum Wilson salute, does that, I think, Mark. Callum Wilson salute. I'm not as handsome as he is, but I'll still do it. I'll still do it. Uh, so, yeah, move, moving on to, to the, the next category then. You know, obviously, we're, we're buzzing at the weekend. I still think we need two more uh, players. That, that There has been some transfer links recently. It's all about defensive links. We've got a few rumour hazard videos flying up, but, but one of them flew out or flew back out earlier. Now, now the difference between the initial link with this player... Um, to the links that are coming out now. Now, the, the initial links to these players seem to come from the NUSC blog site, which we, who do a great job, by the way. I've read that for years. Great guys who do some great work there. But we were linked to Lewis Hall, and I was buzzing about it. We did a room hazard video. I was waxing early about the kicks. I think he's a real top player, and he's 18 years old, and he's got so many good attributes now. And I think if a manager like Eddie Howe can get a hold of him, wow, what could he do with him? you know, in the next two or three seasons. Um, the Lewis Hall links have come back out because apparently he was due to sign a new long-term deal with Chelsea um, and he was going to go on loan at Palace. But apparently the story goes that Newcastle are willing to buy him for 30 million quid and that's changed the game. And, and apparently Lewis Hall is now not going to sign his contract because, you know, we talked about this when we did the rumour has a video that there's links to his family. I think he's... His grandparents are Geordies or his parents are Geordies. His brother's definitely a mad Geordie because he's already tweeted about that before. Lewis himself might have an affection to the club. Mark, top player. Um, a lot of big journalists are talking about this, even you know, like Sir Craig Colton. People are now starting to give this a little bit of credence. Is there something in this one, do you think, mate? <sighs> Who knows? Give up guessing. Get a splinter out your arse. What do you like? I think for a player like that, it definitely fits that. That mold doesn't he? he definitely fits the, the 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 way that Newcastle have approached transfer window. Look at the opposite side of the field with Livermento. It's a young player that's got massive amounts of potential ahead of him. Um, and look, he's he's looked very, very, very good when he's played for Chelsea. Um, whether that's been been left sided, he can play further forward too. So look, I think he'd be ideal. Um, come in, maybe he's not start straight away. Like Livermento come in and, and, and sit behind Dan Byrne for a little bit. But I think he's the the ultimate successor for that left hand side berth and and then that allows Byrne to to then become the backup in that area and, and also at centre back as well. Yeah, I mean there has been some links to centre backs as well. I mean we're gonna do a few um uh, players in the room has it ones, one in particular that I think is an unbelievable uh player, and I think Newcastle should break the bank to get him. Uh, he's only 19 years old, give you a little bit of a slight hint as to who it is. And I think he, him and Botman could be a better centre-back pair than Vidic and Ferdinand for years to come in the Premier League if we were to get him. But I think the, the issue is, is that, you know, we're under the microscope with FFP. We know this. Uh, Darren Eels has been quite open and honest about this. And he's said this on numerous occasions. And I think with the scrutiny and the spotlight and even Klopp's comments and the chuckles from the journalists in the room, there's definitely an anti-Newcastle agenda in the background here. You know, we talked about it, we ranted about what the Newcastle executive said when they went to the boardroom and they spoke to the Athletic and they refused to shake their hand. There's, there's definitely an underlying tone to the, what you would call the, the greedy six, not liking what Newcastle are doing. Um, you know, and, and I think they make it difficult to do business with Newcastle. I've seen Will Wilson in the first episode of, of We Are United, fantastic documentary. Big shout out to our own Simon, who, who rocked up in one of the episodes as well. Bless her, she was all nervous about it, but she did a great job. Um, but, you know, there was even talk in that. I think their dad said, you know, there seems to be a price and then there's a Newcastle price. You know, it's, it's, so it, it definitely is happening. But this thing with Lewis Hall could be accelerated, Mark, with Chelsea dropping more big money on players 
because they have to balance their books as well. Because without qualifying for the Champions League last season, there's a big hole in their finances. And then I think they're going to close this loophole, aren't they? Of this, like, you know, <laughs> buy now, it. pay, buy now, pay nine year later kind of thing that Chelsea have been doing and getting these big players with it all. They've already done it. They, they're giving out big contracts now, but the 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 amount that they spread the what is it amortization of the of the transfer fee it can only be up to five years so they can give an eight-year contract but the actual fee itself is only over the maximum of five um i saw our favorite station talk sport um earlier there was a, a bit from simon you're, jordan about how you're gonna have to go on that if they ask us me i don't think they'll let me um, on and be honest with you, so. <laughs> the amount i've slagged off gabby agbono i don't think they'd let me anywhere near it um but I think the, the, the what Jordan was saying is he, he, he sort of worked out that they were 65 million in the black, not in the red, because of the way it's that Chelsea. it worked. Yeah, so... Is that I including the, the deals they've just done now, though? I think so, yes. Whether it might not be to with the Caicedo deal, but certainly at the point that I'd seen, um, obviously the amount of money they brought in for the likes of Mason Mount who'd come through the academy, so it cost them nothing, and they get cash in for that. Um I think Havertz, I think they end up make on the balance sheet, they make money on him um, because of how much it costs them per year for him. So I think they yeah. made something like 15, 20 think, million yeah. for him. Shez so, is just saying that as well. I think 62 million in profit, a lot of that, yeah. Their contracts, yeah. And the but sales. they've now, they like said that they've now closed that loophole UEFA. So you can only do it over five years. But even then, because you can spread that fee out over time, it makes it easier. Because mm. then if you bring in 30 million, say for Hall, that's potentially 30 million cash, a little bit like with the um the St. Maximum deal. deal. And the Gordon and the deal Gordon the thing. Did. And the documentary. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's it's not 40 million straight out the door now, it's 40 million spread out. But if you can bring in a player or you can sell a player and bring the cash in like St. Maximum, that's money straight in. And it's not spread out over time. Yeah, absolutely. Only 23 likes of Link Stevens saying, come on, people, the cost now. Well, if that is true, come on, guys, like the video. We'd love you to like the videos. 131 of you here. So give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. <laughs> um, the Predator saying the loan with either obligation to buy might be what they look at. And I think that's what they're looking at, apparently, for, you know, there's obviously a couple of experienced players, um, which is Tierney and Cucurella. There's a video coming out tomorrow, guys, with the stats. We'll check that one out on the channel. That should be our first thing in the morning. But I think from what I was reading, what I was hearing, I think Keith Downey has been on our channel before as well. Great guy, Keith. Um, I think he was saying it's looking more likely that the left back is what will come in and not the centre half. And I think what you were saying there about Dan Byrne, Mark, as well, is, is true that Dan Byrne and Emil Kraft coming back too, people forget that. He can play centre half and he's got a bit of speed as Emil Kraft. I know we're talking about lack of pace at the back. Um, Kraft can fill in a right back or centre half and he's right footed. So, Maybe what they're thinking is if we've got an opportunity to get a proper left back in, because Dan Byrne is not a proper left back. We've said that so many times. He's done a great job there, but he's not a proper left back. If you can get a Lewis Hall in with that pace and that ability to get up the park, put crosses in, or a Tierney or a Cucurella, you've got a proper left back there who can give you an attacking threat, who can overlap Gordon or Barnes and be something different than what Dan Byrne is. And maybe. Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth are looking at that thinking, you know, actually, that's the one we need, not the centre-half. We, we can get cover there in amongst the squad. And I don't rate Lascelles. I think I don't think he's certainly our Champions League quality, but for the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup and maybe some Premier League games, he might do a job. So maybe they're just thinking left-back is the spot, Mark. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems the much more logical one. I, it's, I mean, if there is a left back to come in, I think that spells the absolute end for for Matty Target. Really, oh, he's yeah, not. He's not going to play an poor, awful lot of games. Poor preseason as well, mate. He's been really poor. I think again, it was a part of his is when he's on loan. It was he had some good games, but he spent much of last season either out injured or just couldn't get in past a makeshift left back and Dampen was so good um, but you would expect your regular left back to be able to to, to be able push, to get back push in the out side. somebody yeah. who is playing there on a, essentially a part-time basis um, and he's just not done it he's not looked good enough I think pre-season was, a, was an eye-opener I think because he just didn't look good enough Um so I think if you if you do bring in a Lewis Hall or a, um, a Cucurella or a Tierney, then I think target is is for the out for the exit, and I think that will probably come January or next summer um, at the latest. Yeah, yeah, Pred agrees with you. They should sell target, and Cucurella is a no. Uh, for him, obviously, I won't, I won't ruin what I said in the video, but uh, you know we're not too dissimilar there. Uh, Predator, I think, in all fairness, mate. So uh, let's get to the chopper. Uh, I think uh, we're not we're not on a dissimilar uh, wavelengths there, mate. Um, what we've got there, do it doesn't say in there. Better to be patient now. Get that. Better to be patient. Don't rush into stuff. Um, Ian, Ian's talking about your mate. Uh, he can't wait for Gabriel Bongo back and talk shy. He spews him shy. Uh, bites him back every time. So it's great. Last time I saw Gabby talking about Newcastle, he was actually quite complimentary. I think maybe he's learned lesson that um, Newcastle are a lot better than he thinks they were. Uh, but I think he just does it for effect. I think that it's the Katie Hopkins syndrome and a lot of these um, uh, radio hosts are doing that. And a lot of the YouTubers do it as well. They, they just say stuff to get reactions, don't they? You know, and and they do, and inevitably they do get reactions. People rant and rave about it, really, mate. So, uh, but yeah, it shares the same one. Says thing the man with about. it. Says the man with the f bomb count in in his video. Well, but that that's a reaction though. That's not that's not to get a reaction. I'm giving him the reaction. I'm I'm playing into the, the hands, mate, aren't I? So so yeah. Don't don't let me start again. I don't want to get to the twenty mark on the f bomb count. Um, Shez is saying he doesn't understand the target situation. He didn't become poor overnight, but been out for a year. Um, it's hard to come back. I can't see why he can't have worked. Uh, he can't have worked on this uh, for this season. It's a weird one, isn't it, mate? Just I think. I mean, what do you think it is with Target, Mark? Do you think the team has just evolved a bit beyond what it was when he first came? Yep. He's maybe struggling to keep up with the pace of, of what the team's all about now, do you think? I, I, I just think he was he was at a good level for when he came in, for the, the way that, that it went that season. And, and when he was on loan, they played at the level he was at and they've taken several steps beyond what Matty Target can actually provide you. He's... He was hit and miss before. He was hit and miss at Villa. Um, yeah, he's been hit and miss at Newcastle. There's there's a level to him, and I think he's one that has has found that he can't he can't keep up with the level that Newcastle have got to. He's a victim of that because you're right on loan. He was very very good, and there's a reason really why then he came yeah, in. He why was. he came in, um, but he's just not been able to to take that step up. He's not reacted in the same way that some of the other players have he's not i don't know whether it's just he, he just can't potentially he just can't improve to a, a point where he can push dan burn aside and, and become that regular star because that essentially what he should be 
Yeah, he should be. Just a comment from, from Zara there. A couple of you guys have mentioned it. That Fraser is part of the way. He's been linked heavily to Celtic. He's been training with the development squad. And Richie and Dumbo will be away at the end of the season. I think they did sign extensions, but there were only one year extensions. And I think, I think yeah, Zara was saying another comment below. I think talking to the, the guys in the chat, that I, th- I think that Richie and Dummett were, were only really signed up for... I mean, Dummett's a homegrown element, I think, as well, which obviously fills a, a gap for the Champions League. Um, requirement, and I think you know Richie's that kind of character, isn't he? Behind the scenes, a bit like that coach who's a player, it probably helps bridge the gap from Eddie Howe to the players having a player like Richie to, um, you know, to to relay his messages on and everything else. But I, I do think that both of those guys would be gone, and I'd actually be quite shocked as well, Mark, if if they don't end up in a coaching capacity at the club. Certainly, Dummett, I could see Dummett becoming academy coach or something like that, and, and you know, and, and continuing his his career with Newcastle, but as a coach. Yeah, I suppose it depends on whether he thinks he's got another couple of years left of playing. If he if he does, then he'll, he'll go away for a couple of years and then come back. But if he if he feels the time is is right, and he's 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 barely played any football over recent years, has he? And if, I think if he's he's very much a bit part, I'll come in when absolutely needed. But he fills the squad. It's almost like it's probably a bit hard to throw, but it's almost like the Scott Carson thing at Man City. Well, yeah. he's purely been signed as a quota thing. He's never, ever, ever going to play. <laughs> Scott Scott Carson is the Uncle Albert of the Man City squad. And he's just like, what is he even there for? Do you know what? He's like, you know, I'll go and do it. I mean, could, Christ, could do I it. can't you do a worse job than Scott Carson, can I? He doesn't play. That's say, right? Honestly, that he's just, I've never, I've never seen, he's got the best job in football, Scott Carson. He really has, mate. But uh, there, was, there was a comment up there um, about another one about our oh, mate uh, where I took the piss in the. Uh, in the uh, the intro for yeah, Kev, Dan Stur- Daniel Sturridge, where he said "ooh la la" about Tenali, and even the presenter went, "He's not French, mate." You know, and just watching Roy Keane's face. Roy Keane was like everybody who's over thirty eight years old, just uh, doing the same reaction every time Sturridge opened his mouth. He was just like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" I'm so glad I'm not paying hundred odd quid a month for fucking Sky Sports and listening to that bollocks. Honestly. What was that about me? I just get the feeling that Sky Sky are going a bit too um, young. I think younger crowd. There's still uh, there's still different demographics that watch Sky. I'm not saying you have to bring back miserable old twats like Sunes. You know what I mean? But like, have a happy medium somewhere in the middle market. The, the guy was doing the stanky leg dance for fuck's sake on the side of the park. You know what I mean? It's not strictly me. It's fucking sun, super Sunday. What's going on there? Like it's, it's one of those. I know things you like them, mate, but did my fucking. I don't say I liked it. It's just a. It's just a different. It's just a change, and I yeah. think we we've been so used to the the shite that we get from from the likes of Sunis and Redknapp and and, and X. It's so dry. It's so dull. Hmm. There is, is something different, and it's gonna it's gonna wind people up, isn't it? Because people aren't gonna like it. But then people didn't like Michael Richards at first. They thought he was too much. True, sure. but meets. then most people. Most people do now like Mika, um, yeah. Micah, however, however I'm pronouncing it today. Um, so like it was his first first time. Maybe he's just a little bit, a little bit too over the top for it. Yeah, possibly. But, but, he, possibly. but he, he wasn't, he wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, the, but when he spoke about football, it was actually really good. It was all the yeah. bollocks in between. So and I this is it. So it's yeah. it's all this kind of thing. I mean, the singer. No, I mean, to be fair, he's got a canny voice on him. Good voice. Um, yeah. No, so, absolutely, but absolutely, yeah. maybe 
maybe it's them. The football show isn't the best place to be singing. I mean, get yourself no. on the voice or something. Do you know what I mean? I, or, I, I was waiting singer, for Roy Keane to just give him one of them deathly stares and go, you're torty tree. <laughs> just fucking stare at him and tell him that. But uh, we'll come in there from uh, Weird TV. Is that no, no? Great, great name, that mate. Just watch Man United being outplayed by Wolves. They certainly were from what I saw, mate. And yesterday, Chelsea looked more pathetic. Yet the crappy overpaid pundit to tell him, me that they're going to finish above us no way i do agree with you mate we, we were saying that after we battered um villa you know all these people saying villa were going to finish above us and now people like carrick are, are reversing and, and, and rubbing out what they said and, and putting in some new uh new predictions for newcastle mate so i think as always we'll shove it right up their fucking faces i think mate and uh and prove them, uh, prove them, prove them wrong. Is that another one, Mark? Is it? He's 19, that's about 23 now. <laughs> Bob count today. I'll tell I you. Think we're up to I'm 21 gonna, now. Yeah, I'm going to get a Hail Mary, I think, mate. Absolutely. I'm going to get a Hail Mary. So, ah, new monkeys in the comments. Good to see you, mate. Yes, yeah, Sandro Tonali, the Moretti effect. Absolutely. I must admit, going back to the clock rant a little bit, I'm really hoping in the lead up to the Liverpool game that we can get some kind of a chant brewing where people just sing, uh, Klopsa Wanka, Turkish teeth. Klopp's a wanker, Turkish. I want the whole of St James's Park to sing that. I might even put a little message out there to uh, uh, PK, who's connected, and see if he can, uh, you know, mention the war flags, and then maybe they can do a Klopp's a wanker, Turkish teeth <laughs> war flag. Just imagine it just coming the, up the Gallagher with just just as big fucking teeth, teeth. <laughs> just this massive dish with this huge piano key grin. I think that would be perfect for when we're playing Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Smash his teeth in. Smash his teeth in. They can put on the flag. Yeah, If you're watching War Flags, get on it. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's, right, yeah. we're going to ramble on all night here. Let's finish off with uh, with uh, Out of Tune, which is uh, the category where we talk about things that aren't necessarily Newcastle-related. And I mean, there's no better place to start, Mark, is that um, another superstar is heading over to Saudi Arabia for mega money. And it is the proverbial shithouse himself that my father hates because when he plays Celtic, he rolled so much. I think he covered the whole pitch, rolling, holding his knee. And that is Neymar Jr. is heading over to, is it Maxi's team? Is it Al-Halal? Is it the same team Maxi's at? Al-Halal. I think it is, isn't it? Oh, do you know I'm gonna have to look at that? That is the team you have to Google it. I'm sure how many players going there, mate. You should know this. You're a stat man. I'm sure it is. Oh, hello. No, he went to Al Ali. Al Ali, God, there was something. Yeah. So, who's who's Al Halal? Who plays there? Who's somebody went there? Another big player went there, didn't they? Tell us in the comments, guys. What are the big players that went Al Halal? Who was there? Sorry, I'm just looking up there. They got a squad. Who they got? The only one I can see in that. Neymar's obviously in. Malcolm is another one who's. Oh, it might have been Malcolm. It might have been Malcolm. He's the one that he used to play for Monaco. They've got Koulibaly as well at the back. Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves is the one I think you were thinking of. That's it, Neves, yeah. Milinkovic Savic as well. That's the one. I knew there was a couple of big names that went there. I knew there was. So I'm just laughing at Woodby Farmer's comment. Thank you, Woodby Farmer. I think that's a great way to measure somebody's integrity for how many times they say the F word, mate. I really appreciate that. But but yeah, I mean, some of the news about how much he's going to get paid, Mark. Tell us a bit about this. This is unbelievable. This is I mean, yeah, two two and a half million pounds a week to play play football. I mean, it's, it's just... That's nuts, utter, utter madness. With the ability to get 50% of your wages paid up front if you want it. I, I mean, I want this deal. Um, but, yeah, Oof, extra benefits. A private spell. jet, 
allowed to live with his partner even if they're not married. A huge new home with staff. With staff. I mean, not only are you getting paid two and a half million pound a week, but then you get staff provided for you. Um, 80 grand um, for each win and 500,000 dollars or euros, sorry, for each story or post that promotes Saudi. That's mad, that, isn't it? Can can we we just get like 500 quid for for mentioning Saudi on on the podcast? I said to you earlier, honestly. For what it is, I'll take five grand. We'll knock a few zeros off. Um, but there is, there is there was a slight caveat to this because Lekeep put this out earlier on as well that the transfer was done. Ultimately, Neymar wants to go back to Barcelona, and this was yeah, a, two year, a two year deal where he could go there and then go back to Barcelona and get ready for the World Cup. So this is a roundabout way, and. I guess it was one of those things where some of these players, where they want to go somewhere, they they might use Saudi for a season for two for, for a little while to to get to ultimately where they want to go for for nothing, because they can write off two hundred million quid in two seasons and not not notice it. It's, and there's no FFP for them to worry about. It's a good point by Kev. Then everyone else has feel the pinch. It's a different world, and it may really yeah un- unbelievable as uh, yeah. It, Crazy cash the Saudi league spent. I totally agree with that one. Made absolutely crazy, as Roger says there. Uh, else who's late to the party, you're all right. How are you doing? Not a problem at all. You can go back. Don't and worry watch about it. being late. Not a problem at all. But it's yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you how serious they are about getting these these star players. It doesn't matter if they're kind of coming to the, the twilight years of their career. You know that you know Messi go to America and stuff like that. You know the, these things are going to be. In the past, now they won't. Saudi's going to be after all these big, big name players who are on the wrong side of thirty because they think, oh, the big players would get the league started, and hopefully, they're going to hope that these these guys will encourage younger players to come and join their academies and, and everything else. Then they'll grow, um, the, you know, the, the the stars of tomorrow. But it'll be interesting to see the longevity of the Saudi league, whether it pops in a year or two, uh, or not, and these guys all just scutter out across Europe um, with their bags of cash. Uh, but I mean the, the amount of wealth is behind Saudi Arabian sports. You look at the golf. You know they're not going to um, they're not going to give it up easy, are they? To be fair, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But speaking of another big name player who has eventually disappeared off the foreign uh, shores is uh, Harry Kane, who obviously went to Bayern Munich. Alan Shearer is still buzzing about this. Uh, he left. Uh, <laughs> Harry left on uh, was it two hundred and thirteen goals? I think it was. Uh, he was 40 yeah. yards short of, uh, of Alan's record. Interesting enough, he was obviously talking um, you know, to the press when he was over in Germany. And um, he did make his debut in the Super Cup. But we'll, we'll tell you that and we'll happen with that in a minute. Um, but he, he was talking, you know, about obviously going over there and it was a challenge and you know, time of his career, Champions League, everything else. But he, there was a couple of little things he threw in there, Mark, when he just said, you know, you never know what the future holds. I'm still only 30. Uh, people are going to talk about Shearer. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to I'm going to come over here and play my football for the next few years, develop my game, and who knows what will happen after that. So, do you think in Harry's mind he's thinking I'll go over to Germany for a year or two, win the Bundesliga, win some cups, maybe win a Champions League, um, you know, play in a different country, different style, all that kind of stuff? Do you think Harry's thinking of coming back when he's 32, you know, going on 33 and try and have another pop of this record, mate? I mean, realistically, what does he need? Three seasons? Four, so 40 three goals? seasons to, to score 40-odd goals is, is doable. 
So he yeah. goes and spends two seasons in, in the Bundesliga with Bayern. He's going to play Champions League football. He's going to he's going to win stuff. Um, I mean, the, the biggest irony of the whole thing, it, it, the the tweets that were going out saying, you know, he spent he spent 19 years at, at Spurs and, and won absolutely nothing, um, and he's he could turn up at Bayern on his first day and win a cup for them to promptly get stuffed three <laughs> nil. Um, was, to which point, in his defence, he was not on the pitch when that happened. This is yeah, comfortably um, getting humped before he came on the pitch, mate. But, but it was the most peak Spurs thing ever, really, wasn't it? I oh, mean, for your player to go to go and win a cup and not win it. Um, the biggest irony of the whole thing will be when Dortmund win the league this season as well. So that would, yeah. <laughs> would just be hilarious. Um, but yeah, there's still time for him. He could go and spend two years in, in, in Germany, win, win a load of stuff, get that on his CV, come back and score 15 goals a season and take the and take the um, the, the Premier League take, goal take scoring record. record. Yeah. Just, just, you know, hope, hopefully for him, uh, Haaland's not up to like 205 by the time he comes back. Is, uh, he'll, like, he'll have won it in two years' time. <laughs> he, probably, yeah. he probably would have done. Uh, lovely comment there from the Dirty Dozen. Thank you so much, mate. We've got Jordy's in the USA. He's spreading away with all of his people. Fantastic, mate. Yeah, yeah. You keep that up, mate. Try and get as many subs as we can because once we get to that 5K uh, mark, we will be doing that video where everyone can comment and, and get a chance to win that brilliant signed photograph of Alan Shearer, his last ever competitive goal. So it's well worth doing that, guys. Absolutely. But but yeah, going back to um, to Kane, uh, he'll <laughs> obviously comfortably battered uh, in his debut. Uh, God bless him. I'm sure he will do really well for them. But there was a great clip. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter where... I think he come on, came when it was 2-0, and then somebody gave a penalty away, and the players were surrounding the ref, and Harry Kane just did what Harry Kane did. He went to get involved, and he goes to speak, and then realises in that little moment, don't speak German, and he just completely stops talking before any sound even comes out of his mouth. He just goes, ha. He just stops completely because he thinks, what the fuck am I going to say? And then he just stands there, looks at everyone as if like, I've got no idea what any of you guys are saying, so I thought that was quite humorous to be fair. Yeah, might. Well, I, I think he's he's he'll be the type of player that goes and, and tries to fit in as well. So I think he'll, he'll, I mean, he'll not understand him anyway, but he'll try and learn the language. <laughs> um, but it's uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm dying to see what he does out there, I really am because he's mm. such a prolific goal scorer, and I, I do think he gets an awful lot of crap for, for being for people saying he's not as good. As as people think he is, I think he's an exceptional striker. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a great no comment. Yeah, the ref the ref couldn't speak. Kid, I don't know what you're saying, man. I'm fucking clear what you're saying. So yeah, you're right, mate. But uh, no, he is a good footballer. I, I say credit to him. It's a brave move. It really is. I think a lot more players should do it. You know, if you think about the amount of British players who went abroad and and were successful, you know, there's, there's probably been nowhere near enough of them. You look at the likes of Gerard Lampard. They should have played. Abroad, they should have went to La Liga or Germany or something, had a go with it. You know what I mean? But they were, they were obviously too, um, and you know, intrinsically woven a club, especially in Gerard's case. You know, he, he could have went to Real Madrid or Barca or anything, really. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I bet he regrets that because he would have been absolutely laden with trophies uh, at the end of his career had he had he done that. I know he won quite a lot of Liverpool, but you know, it is it is kind of uh, one, one of those things anyway. But just to finish, mate, before we're, we're on too long. Um, so the last thing we want to talk about on our tune is it kind of does link to Newcastle. So everyone's aware of the touchline that we talked about earlier about old Clippity Clop having a problem with uh, Jason Tindall uh, just because he's got pure teeth envy that the uh, Mad Dog's teeth are, are legit and uh, Klopp's teeth are Turkish shit. Uh, but the touchline ban is obviously well in effect. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like the same rules apply 
to uh, Mikel Arteta and his number two, mate, because they were in the box at the same time. Now, in that picture, Arteta is outside of the box, right? But I think about a minute or so or or five minutes before that, the 92nd minute of that game against Nottingham Forest, the Arsenal weren't great at, to be honest with you. Um, They they were both in the box at the same time. And and how, how the hell does that work? And not a thing's done. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the, this the, the you you wanted, like I said before, with the yellow cards for the for the the, the request and yellows for others for the um uh, for going up to the referee for you know for, for you know, I can't think of the words right. My brain's not working. It's too late. Um, it's but, but, but like Botman going up to the referee um and things like that that's exactly what you want to see you want the ref you want the the, the managers getting if any any sort of aggressive sort of natured acts or anything like that but that has to happen if you're going to put a rule in where only one person can be in the the technical area what the hell's the fourth official doing he stood no. right next to them so that's... that it's an it, it's like it's the, they said it should be an instant mm. yellow card um, regardless. If that's right, what Kev said, there was three of them in the box. I mean, that's even worse. I mean, you yeah. know, like, like you say, we're, we're relying on the fourth official, you know, having eagle eyes really to stop these people doing it. But it would be interesting to see how eagle-eyed they are for Jason Tindall and, and anyhow at the weekend. I mean, obviously, it, it didn't matter in the Villa game. I didn't see us get stopped once on the sideline, um, you know, when it came to that. So, so maybe the lads have got it all cracked. You know what I mean? And there's, there's no worry there. I did spend a stupid amount of time actually watching them on the sideline and not in the game because I found myself watching the pair of them. And they've got this sort of this almost synchronized crossover on the yeah. line to the technical area. And it was so yeah. funny to watch because you could just see one walking out and the other one just started to walk back. So mm. I did think it was quite funny. Um and, and in a game that was that, that was that entertaining, I did find myself watching them far too watching much. them on the box, yeah. Well it, it, Jack's saying there that they you know they were in the box a couple of times and nobody nobody really seemed uh, too asked. Uh, about it really so maybe it's all much to do about nothing the new monkey says it only applies to to newcastle as there's predator rules for thee and not for me and uh zara's right it's a fucking I stupid completely rule. Agree with that. i it totally agree really with that Zara. Stupid rule. what i would do is just paint a little square and have mad dog on it like a harley davidson sign just mad <laughs> dog and then just get him a stand in the box and just be like that you know like next to any how and just say well that's that's jason's spot isn't it it's not a technical area that's that's the mad dog spot you know, that's what that's what we did for him, you know, and, and then that'll be it, you know, and then that they, they won't have a fucking leg to stand on, really, were mate? So, so yeah, I think that would be fantastic. But I think that's a good way to end it. It will be on for quite a while now. Thank you so much to all you wonderful people in the comments. It really helps the episode flow. We love having a chat with you guys. You guys are the stars of the show. We're just here having a chat in the background. But yeah, if you haven't subscribed already and you're new in the chat, why not consider it? Smash that button, come and join us, help get us to 5k. We're going to be back with some more Newcastle United content as soon as we say there's some transfer room videos over the next couple of days. Make sure you tune in on Thursday as well. All of you fans of the See You Next Tuesday series, we've flipped it on its head and it's now throwback Thursdays, a walk down memory lane of the good times in Newcastle United's uh, past. And I've recorded a couple of videos and already I'm smiling because there were absolutely brilliant memories to, to talk about. So make sure you check that series out, guys. Well worth looking at it. And we'll have match previews for the City game and a post-match reaction, hopefully, as well on Saturday. Until then, everyone, have a cracking evening. Get yourself to bed and we'll catch you later. Cheers, guys. Take care. Bye-bye.